Hey guys, welcome to Our Effing Thoughts. Today we talk about the UFC, we talk about the, the May Mac World Tour, jump into the next season of Tough, be the Tough 26, and then as usual we get into Alone, Episode 5. E-F-F. Entertainment, fighting, football. This is Our Effing Thoughts. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. This is Andrew Whitus. I generally hate people. First of all, I'm a city slicker. I don't know how to fucking hunt or fish. And I'm Robert Robert Becker. I'm like, who is this guy? First of all, I did not shit myself. The crowd just went fucking nuts. Yo mama, we made it. What up, Beck? What's up, man? Always good to be back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, uh, I'm actually back back. I uh, went on a little family vacation. It was uh, pretty cool, which is kind of the reason why we're a couple days late on getting the next Alone episode out. Um, it, I always feel a little bit of pressure to get the Alone recaps out on time because, you know, like it, we're about to recap this episode. We want to make sure we get it edited and uploaded so people can listen to it before they start watching the next episode of Alone. Um, but, uh, again, like I said, I, I was out of town. We, the last few vacations that we've taken is, uh, been, you know, Vegas or, uh, bigger resorts. This one, we took the kids to a log cabin. Um, you know, I live down here in Phoenix. It's 115, 120 degrees damn near. So getting up into, you know, 20 degrees cooler, uh, log cabin right next to a Creek. It was a nice change of pace. I was doing yeah, that, man. that PA living for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like that's that's my my kind of vacation, man. Although I'm, you know, I'm doomed. I got I got three girls. I know when they get, become teenagers, they're all gonna want to go to the beach. Yeah. And my pasty white ass is gonna be out there <laughs> burn up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's all good. Last last summer we actually went on an awesome vacation. Uh, we got to go to, we went to long Island. So it's, uh, my wife's aunt, it's her dad's sister, um, owns a place in long Island and this place, I I think they bought it for like 2.5 million or something. (laughs) They have like a saltwater swimming pool. (laughs) Like not kidding. That's not a joke. Yeah. Like it's like the, like the water is the most smooth thing ever. (laughs) Like when it touches your skin, it's like swimming in silk or something. I don't don't even know. Yeah. I remember you sending me pictures of that place, man. It it looked beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It was incredible. And we got to go. Oh yeah. That was when I think I showed you this as well. We went, uh, we took a little fishing charter. I took a couple of my nephews and my wife came and we went out on the boat fishing. And like the first fish anyone catches is my wife catches a shark. Catches a what? She ended up a shark. <laughs> you catch those. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> my no, wife yeah, she caught <laughs> a sand shark. Actually, she caught uh, a sand shark. And then my nephew actually caught one as well, uh, which was it was really cool. But yeah, we haven't. With the with the newborn in the house, I don't think we're going to get to get no catching sharks sure. with infants. Is that a, I think that's a rule. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my kids, you know, just like all the uh, the other kids their age, they're attached to their iPads and tablets and cell phones and all of that. So 
Um, we, we made it, you know, they could check their phones in the morning, but, you know, once we sat down to eat breakfast, they kind of just put all the electronics away for the day. Um, it, it was cool to watch them actually be kids, <laughs> you know, like uh, there right. was a bunch of cabins kind of close by and other kids their age. So we, we would go out on the back patio um, and then just to see them interact with the other kids. And it's kind of weird because I, nobody teaches anybody how to be a kid, but, you know, they're doing the same stuff that we were doing when we, you know, they instantly start racing. They instantly start playing tag and Red Rover. And actually, my wife recommended Red Rover, uh, Red Red Rover, right? Have you played it? Yeah. Uh, I think so. I, I mean, I was young. I don't really remember. I can't remember the rules at this point. It's where you all link arms and then you call one kid over and they have to bust through your arms. And if they bust through, then they can go back on their team. But if you stop them, then they join your team. So it's like a, a war of attrition on who can stop the most amount of people. And, my, you know, me just being, like, pussified by our culture these days, my instant thought was like, no, like, you can't play Red Rover. Like, somebody will get hurt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Like, hell, I survived somehow, right? And uh, right, right. My, my little boy's five years old. He's a little bit timid, a little bit on the small side. I think that's just the way us whitest grow. We're late bloomers. But um, so he, he's going to go down and play Red Rover, and he's one of the smallest kids in the group. <laughs> and then naturally he gets called over first. And, it, you know, as a, as a helicopter dad, you know, that I'm trying not to be, I'm trying to just back off and, you know, let him get his bumps and bruises. And they, they call him over, and he takes off like a bat out of hell. And, and like for about two and a half seconds, man, my heart is singing, you know, just with so much pride that <laughs> my little, my little boy is like just going balls to the wall. He knows for a fact, like being held back is not even, not even an option. And it's probably for the fact that he's never seen it played. So he doesn't know that most of the time you don't bust through, but just in his mind, he knew that he was busting through, but you know, he runs into like two 10 year olds. <laughs> bust him in his mouth he instantly starts crying and it was like game over from that point on we're like he was like they will never play red actually the next day uh you know they're just all playing and then he comes back inside i was like dude why aren't you outside playing he's like no they started playing red rover i was like oh, oh man my damn jack is scarred for life but all in all it was uh it was a good time it shoot if nothing else just to get away from that this heat man yeah, the I mean the picture, you know, you sent a couple of pictures. I mean the place looked great. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean like the the pine trees up in the mountains, you know, kinda of sitting up on top of that hill. That was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, good times. We'll probably uh we'll probably go back maybe in a year or two. What was the deal? Was there like places to eat up there or did you have to like leave the the No, like, it, the it, it was called Cole's Ranch. So it was it, it's I, you know, to call it a hotel is given the complete wrong impression it definitely had like a, a front desk area that you checked in that had um a restaurant attached to it and then you could buy you know like sodas or, or whatever up there but everybody's room was like an individual log cabin so you know you'd have to drive away from the thing a little bit and then you know you go to your log cabin and you got the creek in the backyard and okay that, that so did room. you guys just eat there every day like right on that thing, the, or did the you first eat? the first day we ate at the restaurant and then you know just having four kids and two of us it was like a hundred bucks you know just for like a subpar meal that wasn't good you know my, my drink was was pretty bad uh so after that meal i i drove down to like a grocery store and then we just bought you know eggs 
bread, sandwich meat, that kind of stuff, just to get us through the next few days. So, but even that was kind of cool, you know, because I never cook breakfast for my kids. You know, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm gone before they before they even wake up. So just being able to to cook them breakfast and I don't know the, the whole the whole thing. It, it was cool. Nice. But with all that said, we are a couple a uh, couple days late. But before we get into a loan, um, I, I feel like. The biggest thing that's happened over the past week is probably the Mayweather-McGregor press conferences. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a little old now, but um, right. it seems to have have died off. You know, it was you know big during those four you know consecutive days for sure, and then you know now you know you're just hearing you know, apparently <laughs> Connor got knocked out sparring and yeah. you know all the you know all that stuff that you hear that's you know whatever. Yeah, and actually, so the guy, some boxer, I'm going to screw up all these names, I'm not even going to try. Some boxer within Mayweather's camp says, hey, it's a small world, Um, boxer so-and-so knocked him out. Well, boxer so-and-so says, I've never even met Connor, you know, much less sparred with him, much less knocked him out. So, (laughs) you know, take that for what it's worth, which is uh, next to nothing, but... You know, those those press conferences started off on fire, and I, I was, you know, so geeked up watching them, tweeting about them. Uh, the, the first one was dope. The second one was amazing. The second one was probably go down as one of the best press conferences in sports history. Not that that's usually a charted. <laughs> that's going to go down on the Mount Rushmore of, <laughs> of press conferences. Um, but then after that, I got to be honest, man, it kind of got a little played. You know, they, they, yeah, you know, due to my work schedule, you know, every time that they had one of these press press conferences, I was driving home from work. Like, so, you know, I always had to just catch the highlights or watch the videos online. So I did, you know, I never got to see it live. And then by the time I even got home, you know, my phone's blowing up on Twitter and I'm getting all these alerts because you're sending messages about the thing. So I'm like hearing about stuff without actually seeing it. And then, you know, so when it came time to watch it, it wasn't as exciting, I'm sure, as it would have been if I would have saw it live. Um, but, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I guess it was uh, typical. Both sides said some things that we figured that they would say. And um, I'm just I'm just ready for the fight now. Yeah, You know, I, I, I got one conspiracy theory type question for you. Um, I, the biggest knock on – Mayweather is the fact that he beats women like this dude has gone to jail because he beats up women why didn't Connor bring that up I don't know um I Floyd really did a good job at um kind of putting some stuff out there that made it seem like he had some information on Connor and you almost welcomed it was like, OK, go ahead and talk about my domestic violence. Well, he, he made that one. It. Yeah, he made that one comment. I think it was either the first or second day. And maybe it's the second day where he says he, he looked at him and he goes, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that one for London mm-hmm. um, when we talk about females or something. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's, I don't know why he didn't say it. Like, that seemed to be low-hanging fruit. It's right there, you know. But then again, maybe he just felt like, uh, you know, it's been out there before. It's not like it's a recent thing. And like you said, it's been multiple times. 
You know, I think he's been to jail three times and accused of it seven times. Jesus. <laughs> something like that. So, Man, so he's already you know, like 56 sort of played out. <laughs> Right. Plus a few more knockouts, bro. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. So what is your – I mean, what's your theory on, like, on why he didn't? I, I don't have anything other than, you know, maybe Connor's got a skeleton or two in his closet and was worried about, you know, if he brought it up, then, right. then Floyd would say something. But that seems to be – in today's day and age, it's hard to hide anything. Right. You know, so, like, if, if Connor did have a skeleton in his closet and Floyd knew about it, why the hell wouldn't Floyd say it anyway? So I, I got two theories. Either one, they Con, – Connor knows. Like, the, the whole purpose of this, and, you know, let's not get it twisted, is to sell more tickets. You know, they, they're trying to sell as many tickets as possible, and that's why they, they put, you know, the, these press conferences on. Does Maybe Connor knows, hey, if I dog this dude for beating women, that could – if anything hurt ticket sales, you know, maybe somebody that's on the fence is like, you know what? I, I need to, there's no way I can give another dollar to this piece of shit. Uh, Mayweather, you know, like he beats women. So, so maybe it's not a good strategy financially, but I also wonder, they already have things within the contract that Connor has to give up like his entire purse. If he like throws a kick or a spinning elbow, or you know, any kind of like MMA move. If he does that in the boxing match, he loses his purse, his whole purse, part of his purse. I, I forget. So I also wonder if, just in the negotiations, it's like, hey, you will not mention my domestic abuse um, cases. And in order to get this fight signed, that's just something Connor had to give up in negotiations. Yeah, yeah, it could be for sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. When uh, when they were going back and forth, though, I was just waiting for that haymaker. You know, when Floyd got up and he was like, yo, how could you support a quitter? You know, this man quits. How could you support him? I wanted Connor to be like, yo, how could you support this man? Not that anybody in the audience was supporting him. But how could you support this man? He beats women. You know, like I was just waiting for that the haymaker. I thought the two big punches were going to be the fact that he can't read. And he hit him with that early. And then, you know, the domestic uh, abuse charges. So... But it, it never came, so I guess we will never know. Yeah, I mean, I think that after you said that, that makes the most sense to me. The, uh, you know, that it was in the contract. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, maybe a part of it, it could have possibly been the sales thing too. You know, I just, I don't think they're in any jeopardy of not breaking the record for the biggest fight of all time. Like I, I just I agree. don't. Like they. You know, for the first time, they've opened the pay-per-view up in Europe. Really? That's a first. Yeah, oh. they're open from from what I uh, I think Shab was talking about it. But they're going to open it up, like, for the first time. Like, it's going to be people in Ireland and people in England, and they're going to be able to order it. Interesting. I Honestly, so, I assumed that they always could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess not. It, or unless I misinterpreted what was being said, which, you know, I, I don't think Impossible. I did. Impossible. <laughs> um, but even still, you know, you have, you're going to have the, the hardcore boxing com- community plus probably a lot of the, you know, average boxing fans, and you're going to have the same on the other side of the UFC. You're pulling from two different right. pools of people. Yep. Plus, you're going to have people that don't really even watch fighting all that often, just because this has been so hyped. That yeah. They're yep. going to order it too. Yep. So, you know, I don't think they're in any jeopardy of that. So that's why I would say. I, it makes more sense to me to be more of a contractual thing than than something that, you know, to do with money. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, m money rules the world, so to to follow the money trail first is probably the most likely of top or uh, most likely of scenarios. You know, with all the uh, that going on, the most recent UFC event, I, this one, this event was getting overlooked so much, anyways. Um, but but with the the Mayweather McGregor stuff going on, that Glasgow or what? Where was that last fight? UFC? Yeah, Glasgow. Glasgow, yeah. like you know. I didn't see any of it. Me either, man. Yeah, the only newsworthy story I seen from it was, uh, and it's actually one of Connor's training guys is Gunnar Nelson. He's been uh, um, doing pretty well. I think his only recent loss was Damian Maya, and even that was a, a couple years ago. Um, he, he got a real bad eye poke and then got knocked out. But outside of that, man, I mean, that, that event had no steam. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't even start seeing stuff until after it was over. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and typically our Twitter feed is like so full of like anything upcoming UFC, right. even Bellator, right. you know, like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. And like, I just don't remember seeing it. <laughs> like I had no idea until after the fact. And I did see the, the Gunnar Nelson eye poke thing um uh, which looked looked pretty nasty yeah double eye <laughs> do you think it was intentional i i have it i've only seen still images i haven't even seen it um like a video of it so uh, more more often than not i would say not intentional people paw um you know forward so often with these gloves uh yeah you know i i, I don't know I, I can't imagine it being intentional yeah i yeah i don't know I, you're probably right I mean, just when I, I first, I saw it today for the first time and it was just a, you know, a GIF or right. a GIF or whatever you call them. Right. And, uh, and I, I don't know, it looked like his hand like hit his face. And then after the fact, after his hand made contact with his face, he opened his, his fingers. Huh. Now, could that have been a reaction? You know, obviously if you're getting punched or, or swung at, you know, I'm sure you're not in total control of every one of your fingers and things like that. So, <laughs> you know, I, you know, definitely, probably not. Like you said, I, I just for a second there, and I only saw it, you know, once or twice real quick. Uh, I was getting ready to leave work, and I so I didn't sit there and study it. But for for a split second, I did think like eh, maybe that could have been. Yeah, and th this whole event was kind of uh, like a perfect storm of being overlooked. Yeah, the Mayweather McGregor. Um, it's everybody, even 213 was kind of overshadowed by 214 coming up. You know, that's still, that's still the case. Um, so, you know, that, that one was kind of a wash. And then honestly, the card by itself, I remember looking at this card a month or so ago and thinking like, geez, like I'm surprised this card didn't get scrapped just because there's next to next to nothing on it. So, yeah. Um, in bigger news, <laughs> which is kind of sad, they, they announced the next two coaches for the Ultimate Fighter upcoming season. You know, I thought the drama between Cody and um, Dillashaw was enough to help the ratings a little bit. The last season was like the worst ratings ever. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. Of all, like, I mean, the show, I mean, they're on season 26 now. It, the, it, and even when I watch it myself – once I got past episode four or five, I would just fast forward through almost the entire episode. If they did show Dillashaw and Cody, I would pause it or start watching just to see if, you know, Cody snatched him up by the neck again or something. But outside of that, I was just watching the fights. I, you know, I, I, 
these fighters, I, I don't really care to see them hanging out with their girlfriend while they're training for a fight or the, their backstory isn't all that entertaining, to me at least. So I, I'm a little bit over it. But they did announce the, the next two coaches, which is Gaethje versus Alvarez, which on, on one hand, I'm very pumped because that's the fight that I wanted to see Gaethje fight next because I, I feel like Alvarez will do a lot of what Michael Johnson did. So we'll be able to watch Gaethje at his finest. Um, okay. And then also, I also think Alvarez, I'm not a big fan of his. I think that he's going to be another nice stepping stone for Gaethje. I think Alvarez is going to keep going on the, on the decline. And I think that this will be another huge name for Gaethje to where after that, nobody would throw a fit if he did get a title shot. You know, you knock out two of the top five guys, you do it in an exciting fashion. Why not put him up against Connor or whatever the scenario is? Um, and, and then yeah. also Gaethje, he had a six-month medical suspension. So, you know, what are they going to do with him in the meantime? So, right. yeah, I, I think Perfect. it's... Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up is, yeah. it, you know, since he had the concussion or suspected concussion. Sure. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, what are, yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure he did have a concussion. <laughs> um, yeah, what are you going to do with the guy? So it just makes sense that he's going to... Uh, um, you know, just coaching that and, and heal up and then fight Alvarez. Right. So. And everybody already loves his fight style. Why not introduce him to a few more fans? Not that they're getting huge ratings, but, um, you know, why not introduce him to a few more fans and just build him up a little bit more? And, again, if he beats Alvarez, then you, you got a, a huge story uh, created there. You, you know, in other uh, news, at least news that lasted for about 45 seconds, I started to see Twitter blow up with Brock Lesnar coming back. Uh, you know, I forget which sites were reporting it, but I, I kind of just fluffed them off at, at first. I was like, there's no way. After everything that they did on UFC 200, I think, where they put him up against yeah. Mark Hunt, where clearly he was juicing. Um, I was like, who's going to fight him? Who who would trust the UFC to put them up against Brock Lesnar? And then I seen something else where it said that he has entered the USADA testing cycle. And I was like, okay. You know, I mean, obviously, if he goes through it, why not? You know, and I started to get a little bit excited, and then, like, you know, 37 minutes later, I seen, like, official things from the the head of the USADA guy uh, saying there's absolutely nothing uh, to base this on. Brock Lesnar is not being tested by us. So that was uh, another short-lived story from, uh, from the USC. Yeah, I, you know, I like Lesnar just fine. You know, he's a wrestler. You know, I, I preferred him better as a – as a collegiate wrestler at Minnesota than I did anywhere else. And I actually would have, I, I wouldn't have minded if he would have stuck with the UFC and made that, yeah. you know, choice. But I mean, he's made so much money in the WWE that, I mean, you can't blame the guy. I was a little annoyed. I remember, I think I told you UFC 200. I mean, I was excited to see him fight for sure. But at the same time, I was a little annoyed by it. Like, you know, somebody that just wants to come and go, like right. it doesn't, you know, it's not like he dedicates his life to, to MMA, you know, he's not out there training like a lot of these guys, you know, all the time trying to get better, trying to do, you know, he kind of does his WWE thing and good on him that he's a good enough athlete and a good enough fighter that he can, that he can even do that. Right. Um, but still, I just, I'd rather not, I'd rather not go through that again. I mean, I like, I like Brock just fine, but just keep doing, 
your WWE stuff and juicing or whatever else you're doing. I, I always fall, find myself falling into the trap of like I love stories. I love big, exciting, crazy stories. You know, so Brock coming back is he going to make waves in the heavyweight division and f- work his way up to a title? No, but you know, uh, would I rather see? Brock versus Overeem or Brock versus, oh, actually, Francis Ngannou would be, I would, you know, I just got a little excited <laughs> just thinking about the possibility of that fight. Um, but, you, you yeah, know. it just doesn't, I, I'm, and believe me, I, I love the storyline just as much as the next guy. And I just don't, you know, knowing there's no end to that story yeah. just kills it for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, okay, Brock beats him. Right. Then, okay. Well, the maybe we'll see you in another year whenever he decides that he wants to do this again. Right. And, you know, I, I just, that, that just kills it for me. Now, if he came out and said, listen, I, I'm, I've decided I want to finish out my career fighting in the UFC, you know, I'm done with the WWE and, you know, I'm going to train and really take a, you know, try to make a run at the title then sure I'll be pumped. But you know, for him to come back here and there and fight one fight and then, go away for however long he feels like it and then come back you know it just doesn't do anything for me yeah yeah you're uh you're right i'm sure um lastly with uh with ufc and this is not well i guess it's kind of ufc news is you know boss logic is big on twitter he creates oh, yeah. uh posters for the the fights that just blow away the ufc posters i've kind of shitted on ufc posters uh before um, but in a surprising move, and I say surprising because Reebok just seems to make a whole lot of shitty moves, they hired Boss Logic to design some T-shirts. Um, I, I was, yeah, I wonder does Reebok have a new guy in charge of their marketing or whatnot? But either way, because their fight kits have just tanked; they've been a complete uh, disappointment. Nobody buys them. And nobody, you know, when was the last time you're walking down the street and you see somebody rocking like a McGregor Reebok fight kit that McGregor, <laughs> yeah, nobody's wearing that Never. Shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But I dude, I remember, remember when, before the Reebok thing came, like how many people were walking around in uh, affliction shirts and, yeah. and all that, you know, like that was a big thing. And right. I actually, I had a couple myself. Yeah. I wore them uh, when I wore my white Oakley's. Right, right. <laughs> Just when I wanted to look extra douche. <laughs> right, that extra touch of douche. <laughs> it should be Reebok's new tagline. Actually, it works every <laughs> time. Um, yeah, so I, I think that I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm excited to see. Honestly, why the UFC hasn't hired this dude to make their posters is beyond me at this point. But um, I don't know. I'll be curious to see. I think this this may be a step for him though. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. if, if he if he's able to do this, get in here with Reebok and really, you know, create some dope T-shirts and some apparel and shit like that, like, that's one step closer to to the UFC being like, all right, yeah. all right, fine, you know, here you, here you go. And you're right, like, his posters are legit, man. Like, they're they're sick. And how like, dope you just is look that? Up and better than, than anything else out there. You can, That's the thing, you, you don't see other ones that are better on the, online. Like, right. his are the best. Yeah, yeah. I, there's so many talented talented people out there. Why these guys are not getting hired by these companies all the time is just I don't know. Is it just like the dinosaur mentality of these old heads that run these companies 
that, you know, like, no, we're going to go to such and such university and hire the graphics department. No, I don't know. Like, just right. go online and see who the best is and, you know, hire them. But how dope Especially, is that? Especially, yeah. For, for Today's this guy, day and age. Right? You know, he, he just making posters just because he thinks it's fun. Post them out there, catch a little bit of uh, momentum. Now you get hired by Reebok. That's, uh, that's cool, man. Good. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I don't know anything about the dude personally. So, you know, maybe this dude works a nine to five, too. And he yep. doesn't even have all his time to spend on it. Right. Now, right. if you're going to hire this dude and pay him money to where he doesn't have to work a normal job and that's all he has to do all day is make dope-ass posters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like it, really they can it. only get better. Yeah. You think you've seen something you know before. What I mean? like it, right. Using the using the technology that, you know, somebody like Reebok or UFC would be able to give him to, you know, even help him expand even further. Yeah. yeah. Anybody that is following a passion while – you know, slaving away in a cubicle. Um, you know, I, I just think even with us, man, like how often do we say like, oh, we, we couldn't record because we I work late or you, you got to go into work the next day or you have a long commute. You know, could you imagine if we could just dedicate our life to this? You know, anybody that's just doing anything out of a passion, um, how much how much better would would their craft be if they could just yeah. dedicate their life to it? Not, not to mention we have a three-hour time difference. Yeah, yeah. Like our times do not work well. Like it just doesn't. Like when I'm at home, you know, from work, you're free. But, you know, my kids are running around. I can't exactly, you know, sit down and record. It's already and tomorrow where you are. <laughs> just about a couple hours. <laughs> there is actually an interesting uh... – philosophy i don't know if that's the right word as far as universe uh, what, what is it not universal basic income where if you just gave everybody enough money to live so nobody had to worry about um house nobody had to worry about food nobody had to worry about clothes you know just the basic essentials that was already taken care of so you didn't have to work at you know that cubicle job that you hate in order to survive because you can already survive. And now you just have free time. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that dedicate their life to, you know, call of duty or, you know, something that is just a complete, you know, just, uh, you know, they're just going to become a tub of lard on, on their couch. But I think there's going to be other people where now that they have that free time, they could dedicate. And, you know, I don't know. It would make the world such a better place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's true. I mean, if people could, I mean, there's plenty of people that probably have passions that they're, they're unable to follow due to, you know, family circumstances and other things. And, you know, uh, but there would be, you know, plenty of others that would, like you said, just take advantage of the situation and not For do sure. much of anything. I'd probably you be know. in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, me too. <laughs> I was just working on my jumper. It's my, it was my last downfall. <laughs> Because my athleticism was through the roof. Well, I, I think it's about time we get into some alone talk. That sounds a little bit gay. Let's scratch that. <laughs> I do – you know, this is kind of like a running joke in, in my household because we do talk so much and we got a little bit of a bromance going on. Um, I record in my closet because it's the, the best place – for to eliminate exterior sounds so the running joke with my wife is like i come out of the closet when me and you are done talking so uh Tell so, mind your business. <laughs> and make me a sandwich <laughs> all right cool uh alone episode six is it 
Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Five, five, five. You know what? So, so I got thrown off my by my little note here. Um, I forget who it was. It was somebody on Twitter. They said that this season of Alone, and now I forgot to mention this a couple episodes. So imagine that you had just watched episode three, and it's already down to four teams from seven. And I read on Twitter that this season of Alone is only going to have six episodes. And I was like, what? Like, that would be bullshit if that was the case. And they said that, I was like, oh, where did you hear that at? And they gave me the legit answer of Wiki, <laughs> the Wikipedia page. So I was like, oh, well, it's gospel now. But um, it, now that we're already on episode five and there's still four teams left, um, you know, this conversation is a little bit dated. But there was a point in time where I was a little bit nervous that this season was only going to have six episodes. That would have sucked. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I feel like we're safe at this point. That yeah. It's going to be more than six, but uh, I, <laughs> I guess you never know. Um, but uh, I, I definitely, I, I don't, th- I just don't, I don't see it. Like, nah. you know, it was like 10 episodes last year or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I, think... It looks like we're probably on pace for that as well. Yeah. All right. So episode five, still at four teams, which we all know it starts out, uh, showing team Whipple, Brooke and Dave, um, you know, Hey, this talk- was the this was the first episode where th- this was like the full episode of them together, right? The last episode was when they actually yeah met when up, they right? met yeah right. okay yeah. But you know, a couple episodes ago, I remember we're talking and and remember Brooke found that net that like buoy net yeah, and we were talking about all the cordage and everything. Like, oh, this time, walking down the beach, what's this, a crippled duck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, damn, like, what's next? Like, oh, hey, uh, an elephant's here. There's plenty of food if you want to eat it. An elephant? That that was the the animal you went with? (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking big, you know, so. (laughs) But not edible? That that wasn't part of the equation, huh? Why can't you eat an elephant? (laughs) I guess you could. (laughs) Of course you can. It's meat. I mean, it's you can eat anything. I mean, you just gotta cook it. And considering how well done they cooked that fucking duck. (laughs) No shit. Yeah, they turned that thing into charcoal. (laughs) Yeah, that that was uh, yeah, that was rough. I I kind of wondered what happened. I'm, you know, like you're sitting right there. It's not like you have <laughs> right. other chores. Right. Like it's not like you're at home and you're well, like, oh, oh, may, maybe I wonder if they thought because they found it wounded, maybe they were fearful that it was sick, and wanted to just be extra sure and overcooked it that way. Maybe. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, that is kind of funny that they're just and, and then actually later in the episode they showed them eating out of a bowl and it just had a little cliff note that was like. Oh, she found the bowl on the beach. Like, who the fuck is like <laughs> sending them care packages? It's like, <laughs> it's like the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tweet in. They keep, get, they, they keep getting care packages. <laughs> Let's give Team Whipple a hunting rifle and <laughs> that's all I got. And the elephant. And the elephant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So later on, you know, they they move on from from that duck scene and them cooking the duck. Uh, Dave actually started making a hand line. Well, well uh, before we move on, because a lot of times I watch this show with kids. So you watching it by yourself or me watching it by myself, I probably wouldn't have put a note. But my kids just like were so freaked out that the duck shit itself when she stepped on its <laughs> when she stepped on its neck, and it just like 
we just went down a rabbit hole. My, you know, my 10 year old daughter turns and is like, why don't humans die or, you know, poop themselves when they die? I was like, well, well maybe they do. They do. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, like, they definitely do. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. you might. <laughs> I mean, ask Justine Kish. <laughs> didn't get that reference there was a a ufc fight a few weeks ago uh where a, a woman fighter justine kish had a little pressure put on her uh <laughs> abdomen midsection there and uh she pooped in the cage like uh, <laughs> and they just like kept fighting real. yeah they just kept <laughs> yeah. fighting around the yeah. shit nope. Nope. <laughs> so uh that's, that's i would have tapped that. personally <laughs> yeah oh definitely i've been like look i know you don't even have a chokehold on or anything but i'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and I got I got something to do in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the duck shit in itself was uh, a pause moment and uh, some life lessons being taught in the widest household. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, moving on to the next part was uh, Dave actually started making that hand line. Um, oh, yeah. Which they looked really good. I mean, and then, and then Brooke was using them and she was catching fish, man. She caught two of the, I think they called them kelp green wings. Um, so she was catching the fish with the hand line, which was great. Um, there was a part where she kind of screamed as she was catching a fish and Dave like dropped what he was doing. Right. You know, he was kind of up on the hill and dropped what he was doing and ran down over. <coughs> um, but then, you know, it was just her catching fish and then he's like, all right, well, it's time for me to fish. And, and that's what they did. So, I mean, just they that seem little, to be in good shape. Yeah. Just that little dynamic of, of him making a tool for her where she immediately started using to bring food in. Just their their whole flow just seems to be working, and it it is early, but I just get the vibe that they this is what they always do. Like he probably yeah, always makes tools. Right yeah, now. exactly. It's just effortless. Like they're just doing they're doing them. And we talked about this already. We talked about like man, like you know they're just gonna fall right into their own rhythm of what they do, and and everything's gonna be fine. And and so far, man, and and still, still to this point, I mean, I would say that. You know, they're my favorite team to watch. Oh, yeah, no uh, doubt. It, you know, one other thing that we haven't talked about yet, an advantage that they have over everybody else that morale-wise, they get to have sex. Yeah. You, you know, like yeah, when, know. whenever, you know, when the two brothers are pissed off at each other or when they're down in the dumps or whatever, not that, you know, like that's going to be like number one on their mind while they're surviving, but I'll be damned if it's not going to cross their mind, especially if they already live, you know, like a, a rugged life experience or life setting anyways. This is probably just the, the norm for them and right in their wheelhouse. And I'm sure that that's just another, you know, part of their routine. Yeah. And I, well, I wonder how much. They worry about you know the energy expenditure of the of the actual. Oh, there's ways you know, to get around expending to... a lot. Not too much energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, you know, I guess you can't. Probably when, shouldn't get too crazy. Yeah, yeah. I when you're counting every calorie, <laughs> every yeah. calorie counts. But um, yeah, you know, that's uh, hey, just for morale reasons. You know, that, that's something that the brothers and the the buddies don't have. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's legal here in America, but they are up in uh, Canada. All right. So they went to um, Team Baird. Uh, Jim was uh, Jim was still hiking. 
you know, found a slug, you know, seemed to be happy about it. He actually seemed to be in high spirits. I remember I talked last episode about mm-hmm. when I felt like he was starting to get down and he was down in the dumps and he, you know, he joked about eating it raw right. and he's like, Oh right. no, just kidding. You know, I'm going to cook it, you know, sort of deal. Um, so I thought that was, that was uh, a change for me to see that he was in, in much higher spirits than I had remembered before. Um, but he also made a comment. Did you hear the comment he made about, uh, he's like, I think Ted's crushing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's like, maybe hopefully he has a smoker going and catching right. tons of fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that isn't the first time we heard something like that. Cause I missed it last episode, but you had brought it up. He had said that he had made similar comments. Oh, I hope he's killing it. I hope he's got a, B and C going. And then sure enough, he's repeating it. So, so we had thought that it was a joke of the first time he said it, but, but you had made a comment like he didn't sound like he was joking, but come on, he's got to be joking. He said it again, you know, yeah, and he wasn't joking. He's repeating it. So I think his uh, level of expectation was way too high. Yeah. And you know, but I remember, remember, uh, Sam Brockstorff said that about his dad in the in the yeah. camp, you know camp as well, and it it just kind of made me start thinking of something. And this is just kind of human nature, I think. Um, I thought it was somewhat significant to point out that, you know, this shows like kind of in our in our minds sometimes the thoughts we have about others that we you know somewhat look up to or uh, you yeah. know, have confidence in sure. about how you feel like they're so much more advanced and better than what you're doing right. in the moment that, you know, we've just heard it a couple of times that, you know, Jim seems to be like acting like Ted's got, got all this stuff going on when really Ted, you know, Ted's doing fine, but um, you know, he's, he's just not as advanced as, as what, uh, you know, Jim kind of seem seems to think he is. Yeah. And you know, like I, I suck at their first name still. And then plus the fact that they look like they're twins. Um, but the guy that was camping had made a comment that he hopes that the hiker has some food for him when he shows up. And even my wife, who, like, watches <laughs> the show with, like, one eye on the TV and, like, one eye on, on her phone, she looked up and she's like, isn't he the one camping? Shouldn't he have the food for the hiker? I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they both have, like, this expectation that the other person is going to be able to come in and provide for them. Yeah. It's only setting himself up for a little bit of a emotional downfall. For sure. Um, they, I believe they cut to Ted after this. And, uh, so Ted doesn't seem to be doing great with the shelter. He doesn't seem to be a great builder. <laughs> Again, dude, you're being too nice, man. <laughs> dude, when I first seen it, I was shocked. Like I hit pause and I was like, what is that? It reminded me of the shelter of the, the second kid that tapped right. out, you right. know, like it, it is just a straight, you, you got a tarp, you, and you just laid it over a log. That's it. Like there was no building involved. It, it was a terrible shelter. Yeah. When they were, um, and then they were sitting there, you know, they were showing the building. And then I remember at one point he stopped, like he thought he heard something. Yeah. And then he started calling out, and then he didn't hear anything back. But then it switched back to the camera to the hiker, which is Jim. Mm-hmm. And it switched back to Jim. And, you know, there was some drama before it cut the commercial. Oh, yeah. It made it seem, you know, like Jim actually heard Ted call out. You know, they just kind of created that drama there. So we knew, you know, at some point here we were going to have a uh, have a meeting. And they were so close. They were only 0.4 miles away when – I'm not even going to try with the names. Jim is the hiker? 
Yes. Okay. Jim was only 0.4 miles away when he ran up to that cliff face where he had to like kind of turn around and go up that really steep mountain. Um, and it's probably, I wouldn't, I'm sure at 0.4 miles they could hear each other. Uh, so he was he was super close when he had to to make that hike that last bit. Oh, okay. Um, Ted's having issues with the boat. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> that boat, man, and then, just annoys yeah. me every time I see it. And then, like, I just can't help but like make fun of it. It looks like a little midget boat. It's about <laughs> as wide as it is long and tall. The damn near cube. Yeah, it, it just not. And like I said, just having to utilize a. You know the a raft or, or the not the, the tarp. raft the tarp. Mm -hmm. Um, like yeah, I, I don't know. So he's having issues, but then you know they do confirm. You know he hears his brother. Uh, so they uh, he hears his brother. You know they they meet up. There's an embrace. Um, they joke about you know having having something to eat, uh, which obviously neither of them did. Um, so, but how'd you feel about their, their embrace, their meetup? Dude, this was the first reunion, reunion that I had no emotional connection to. Like when team Whipple now, of course they are my favorite team. So I'm going to feel a little bit more connected to them, but even some of the other teams, I remember, you know, either feeling excitement team Whipple, I damn near got emotional. And then also the father son team, which I don't necessarily have a strong connection to. But when I seen that reunion, I got emotional. This one, I was like, okay, all right. Now they're together. Maybe it's because I expected it. Maybe it's because they're the last team and we've already gone through it. Um, and they're, you know, the only, re I, I don't know what it was, but I, I just, I don't want to say I couldn't care about it. Um, but I, I just didn't have that emotional reaction that I had with the other ones. What, uh, did you have the same feeling or what's that? Yeah, I did. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I had no, I had nothing. Like yeah. there was for, for all the, all the things you already said, which I won't repeat over, but I mean, they just, they had a big hug and an embrace and that was it. You know, yeah. it was just kind of like, okay, well now we're here. So now do you feel like yeah. it was that they weren't as emotional or do you just feel like you didn't have the emotional connection? I think both. I, yeah. I think that, you know, they were definitely excited, but there wasn't, you know, I, but I, I guess I'm just not. And it definitely for me wasn't because I expected it. Like, I remember I told you that I thought that they may not even make it that far when we did our last predictions. I said, you know, maybe the big guys don't get enough to eat. And I remember yeah. saying that they seemed far away. And, you know, I wasn't sure if that was actually something that that was going to happen. So like, that wasn't it for me. I just, you know, there's something about, I don't like them a whole lot. Like yeah. they're not they're definitely not my favorite. Like I would honestly rather see the father and son win yeah. before I, I root for them, you know, and even, even the other brothers, you know, so, so far, I think that I would say this team, team Baird is my least favorite of the four. Yeah, I agree. There was an episode where I think it was when he first ate the slug. You know, he made this, like, little half rap, half song about it, and, you know, he was obviously joking about eating the slug. And I was like, okay, you're starting to see a little bit of their personality come through. Um, but after that, I mean, I, yeah, I, I I just have no connection to them. Like, I'm not going to be sad when they go. I'm going to be sad that we're down to three people and we're getting closer to the end of the season. But I have no desire to see them win or I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Um, moving further into the episode, they actually, uh, uh, Ted started making a crab trap, which 
it looks it looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and um, when they were making that, and especially when they finished it, it looked freaking great. I, I was like, why was this not built before the boat? Like, which one is going to have, you know, <laughs> yeah, I didn't more, think of that. But, yeah, yeah, what's going to have more of an immediate impact on your food? Which one is easier? Um, less supplies, less work, less calories spent, more impact. Yeah, you know, just, I guess we've, we've dumped on the boat enough, but... Um, uh, yeah, that, that was my thought. And why not make multiple? Maybe they don't have enough to, to make multiple, but uh, why have one? You, you know, why not set like four or five of those things out there? That's a good, I mean, all those things you just said make a ton of sense. You know, at the time, instead of a boat, like, I mean, obviously the goal was food with the boat. I mean, that's what you made it seem like, right? right? You yeah. Know, yep. This is the goal. The goal is, is for food. So, yeah, if you have the ability to know how to make a, a crab trap, then... Why didn't you just do that? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, when I watched it, I, I wanted to ask you a question because I have no idea. The only time I've seen a crab is when I'm at Joe's Crab Shack. They were having an argument about the way that a crab eats. One guy said that they just go along the floor and eat anything other under, underneath them. <laughs> the other guy was saying that they reach up and pick with their claws. And I, I think I've only seen that in, like, cartoons, you know, like a, a crab reaching up to get its food. Do you have any – thought on who was right in that argument to be honest i think they're both right because i mean they use their claws as a as a tool like we use our hands yeah they can i mean do you think a crab is going to just crawl over something on the ocean floor because they're like oh that's on the floor i i don't know like i I know that that's like where their face is and and a lot of times people will say that they don't like to eat crab because crabs are just like bottom dweller bugs that just eat the shit off the floor so i don't know i really have no well no well okay so have you ever seen the the show uh deadliest catch i know of it i've maybe watched one episode Okay, so when they set those pods, if you can imagine what they look like, there's those, those big, big ass, steel yeah. pods. They hang the bait from the top of the pod. Well, then there you go. Like, I guess that answers it because that's but what it, the guy know, was it saying. It's, a, it's typically a big-ass piece of fish, though. Right. You know, and it does hang. You know, it's not. It's definitely not laying on the bottom of the cage is my point. Right. You know, it hangs from top to bottom. So, but, you know, as more crabs get in there and they maybe eat the bottom part of the fish, they're definitely reaching up and pulling down. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying, too, is I don't think they're going to pass up, you know, if a, if a piece of food for them is laying on the ocean floor, they're not right. going to sure. not pick sure. up and, and eat it. So I think they're both right, um, which, you know, I didn't really think there was need for an argument. Who cares? Just catch the freaking crabs. And, you know, and the fact like, that they were arguing, and they were arguing like a bunch of six-year-olds, man. They're like, no. <laughs> Yes. No. No, it yes. wasn't. Right. Yes, it is. Right. No. <laughs> I was like, yeah, these guys. Uh, they, I don't. I don't. And they even said it though. Like they even said they. I. They made mention to it. They're like, like you know, we fight a lot. Yeah. You know, we're brothers, but you know, we get over it. And you know, that's one thing for me. To you know, that's fine to do that, and wherever you're from, in the backwoods, and you're not all that far from home, probably. Right. And, when you're two when miles you're from McDonald's, days no big in, deal. Yeah, when you're thirty days in. And you're starving, and you know emotions are a lot higher than in a typical uh, situation. Then, you know, I'm I'm just not sure how the how long that's going to last. Yeah. Yep. Um, the uh, the the shelter. Um, before we move on from from Team Baird, um, what, their shelter improvements, quote unquote, were was also shit. 
they you, you could just tell that they don't have a lot of experience building shelters. Obviously, the initial one was terrible. The second one, he just strung like a wire across and essentially is doing the same thing, just a little bit higher in with a wire. Um, and at the very end of the episode, they showed like a big storm coming. I don't see that shelter surviving. It, well, it, even if it does survive this, like you're what are you going to do in the winter? Right. Yeah. Like the winter's not here. Like it's not snowing and blowing sleet and, and everything else that it does that we've seen, you know, a couple of years ago. Like, like that's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. You have so much supplies with all the wood around. Why would you solely use, you know, like a, a wire and your tarp as like that's all you're going to build your shelter out of a wire and a tarp and a couple posts around the corners? Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Man. I was just uh, almost everything they do. I'm a little bit annoyed with. I just feel like they're they're not great at the shelter building. Um, some of the other, you know, the the boat, all of that. Um, yeah, just just not a fan of the decisions they're making. Yeah, I agree. All right, so moving on, Team Brockdorf, that's the father and son. <laughs> so we saw last episode, you know, Sam arrived. You know, he makes it, and I remember him talking about how he wished his dad's shelter. You know, he was hoping, oh, I hope Dad got the shelter set up and right. I, can, I can sleep in there and get some rest and, and all this stuff. And then, you know, we're making fun of it. And then, sure enough, like, Sam shows up and he said that the shelter his dad built was great. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a great spot for a shelter. And, uh, <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, like, on one hand... I was, uh, like, surprised and maybe even a little bit skeptical that he said it. But then, on the other hand, just happy for them that, you know, as a team, they seem to uh, to be supportive, at least, at the very least. Yeah, just looking for, sure. for silver lining. Um, you know, they talked about – they mentioned this once before. Uh, but, you know, the son, Sam, he has a degree in uh, fisheries management. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they actually have a different tactic – um, with with the fishing, you know, typically people use gill nets or use some sort of fishing pole, and they actually started setting lines. Mm-hmm. You know, which is something that we we haven't seen. I don't I don't remember seeing it before. Maybe we have, you know, briefly. But yeah, just kind of setting lines rather than a gill net and a uh, and then you know it seems to be working, man. Like the dad caught a fish, he caught you know a striped sea perch, and then he caught a rock trout, and then he caught another fish too. You know, so the dad was actually uh, some hauling in some fish with his, you know, as soon as his son got there, which, you know, that kid's degree is is in that sort of thing. It, it might be might be a very good thing. Yeah, I, I forget how much of it is something that they've mentioned or how much of it is me and you speculating on the type of people that these guys are. But we've commented that the dad, you know, probably just grew up hunting and fishing. Just the, that's kind of the lifestyle that he's always lived. So he kind of has like a degree in, in the school of hard knocks when it comes to fishing. The son was raised by that man and then went out and got an official degree in fishery management. Um, so I, I think the combination of those two, if they could uh, stay on those fish throughout, food is always one of the biggest downfalls in, in any team. So if they could stay ahead of the game with food and fishing, man, that could they might be a sleeper team. Yeah, my I still keep coming, and, and I definitely agree with that, but I still keep coming back to one thing. Sam lost the axe. Yeah. 
they're going to need that axe, man, they, at some point. Like, you can get by, like you said, with the knife thing, and you get another right. piece of wood, and you hammer it down through. But just for one, like, just sheer energy that takes when food does become a little scarce, like, that takes a lot more energy probably just forcing that knife through there than it does, sure. you know, using an axe. Sure. You know, even though the axe is heavier and you got to pick it up and all that. And, and um, that, that knife technique is more for splitting wood and working with wood you already have. It's not for taking down a tree, you right. know. And they do have a saw, but shit, I mean, uh, you know, you're not going to saw anything. Even a sapling, sawing down a sapling is going to be a pain in the ass. Um I just don't see how they're going to keep a sustained fire through the winter without large amounts of firewood. Yeah. You're going to, they're going to, like you said, they're going to have to cut down a tree. And I just, like using a handsaw to cut through something, they're going to have to get extremely lucky to keep continue to find trees small down. enough that they can utilize the saw and one sure. of them utilize the knife. Like if this was one person, like if this was one person alone that lost their axe, good night. Like yeah. you're, you're done. Yeah. Like I think... It's more doable with with two people, and especially you know food is a food is a good a big thing as you said. I mean if they can stay if they can uh, stay fed, then I guess you never know. But that the winter is going to be brutal. Yep. Um, and then they didn't show much of uh, Team Wilkes. Uh, that's the two yeah. Southern brothers. I don't remember. They showed something at the end, and they said, I think they. You know, my note is, is very brief, um, but it just says that they seemed upbeat. They were fishing. They were talking about getting gray hair, and, uh, you know, that was about it, and that's all I remember. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, yeah. and even uh, Team Whipple, they showed the, the duck scene at the very beginning and then them actually, like, eating it at the very end. So they didn't have a whole lot on camera time either. Um, hey, real quick, this is a little bit uh, separate from any individual team, but something that I thought was – different was the how far did you notice how far each team is from each other uh in previous like 20 miles apart. yeah yeah because uh previous seasons they were um you know 4.6 miles this way you know 7.1 miles that way is probably the extreme um but it really makes sense because if you're gonna have somebody hike 10 miles you know and you're having somebody else hike 10 miles the other way you know that alone should tell you that they should be at least you know 20 ish miles apart from each other but i wonder if weather, you know, if anybody would ever experience different weather patterns, if, uh, if, and we probably wouldn't witness that just watching the episodes, but I, I do wonder if, um, if one team got favored a little bit more, if they, you know, if somebody was on such and such coast where they were just getting hammered nonstop by rain, and if somebody was on the back end of, of the other coast and, you know, catching a little bit more uh, of, a, of a break. Yeah, I've thought about that in the past too, like how some people have had. You know, back in the other seasons where, you know, the individuals, like some people just seem to have a much better fishing spot. Yeah. And and other people seem to have, you know, maybe better resources elsewhere. And, you know, so I think in the end, it, it all washes itself out. I, I think that, you know, sure, you know, it's not a perfect system. You know, some places are, are going to be better for fishing and some places are going to be better for camping. And some places may have a little better, you know, resources. But, you know, I guess there's only so much they can do. Yeah, you know, when yeah. That up. And, I, and I actually wonder how they decide. Like, I would actually like to know the, the behind the scenes, you know, how they decide to put which team where, or if it's more like a draw out of hat sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I do wonder how much uh, strategy goes in from the production uh, team on, on just that. 
you know, going back real quick to uh, to Team Baird, um, maybe it just didn't seem that bad, but I had such a like I felt it when that dude cut himself. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, no, that was uh, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah, it was him. Okay, yeah, it was him. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was uh, the hiker Jim. Jim. I've done that exact thing where you're you're cutting down one way and you just get lazy, man. You know, you can never cut yourself if you just cut away. But you turn that blade towards yourself and you just come back just because you're lazy. And that thing just skips up a little bit and jams you right in the finger. I initially thought of prior seasons where people have cut themselves. And this one probably wasn't as bad. But, you know, I just wondered. But kudos to him because we've kind of shit on that team a, a bit. Was that it was never even close to an idea of pushing the button, calling the medics, nothing like that. Um, right. Yeah, you know, because Which shows you his mental state at this right. point. Because you know, so many he's... times when people do quit, it's not for the actual reason. It's because right. they were looking for a way out. So if this dude right. was looking for a way out, this could have, you know, he could have complained about infection. He could have complained about whatever, um, you know, how he won't be able to utilize it one hand. Or he could have made an excuse, but he didn't. And, and he wasn't even up for conversation. So, you know, kudos to him in that area. Yeah, for sure. All right, so switch gears a little bit. Give me, give me your breakdown. Go four to one. Who do you think? Who do you think's the next team to be eliminated after that? And then, and then who's ultimately your winner? We'll probably do this every week from from here on out. Yeah. We did it a little bit last week and talked about it. Okay. I just wanted to see uh, what your what your thoughts are. One more episode in. Uh, all right. Four, number four, the first team or the next team, I should say, that I foresee quitting is Team Baird. Um, Personality-wise, they seem to have the biggest conflicts. Um, their craft work, their shelter is subpar to everybody else. Um, I, I just don't like they, – they also don't seem to be survivalist. They seem to be outdoorsy for sure, but not necessarily survivalist. So I see them being the next team out. Uh, team, it's kind of hard to even complain about Team Wilkes because really they met up first. And we so we missed a lot of days of them doing who knows what because the show is still focusing on everybody else's reunions. And then now that everybody has come together, we still didn't see them. So we haven't seen Team Wilkes really do anything in a while. <clears throat> So it's it's hard to say that they would be next, but really just out of lack of evidence and out of lack of positive things to point to. I'll, I'll put them at number three. Uh, number two, I'll go with Team Brockdorf. The fact that they're fishing so well, we didn't make mention of it, but their improvements on their shelter. They had that stockade-style wall uh, that looked very nice, you know, very airtight um, and a strong windbreak. So they're making improvements on their shelter. Oh, but we also didn't talk about what's coming up in the next episode. And they seem that their their spot when it says, you know, what's coming next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. the sea level rising. So if it does rise enough to where they have to move, that could be a major setback. Uh, so two and three, I, I would be um, open to, to flip-flopping on. And then number one, Team Whipple. They, the shelter is just leaps and bounds better than everybody else. The teamwork, the camaraderie, um, even the husband's uh, craft work 
his fishing skills. I mean, really, where do you talk? The, the only thing that I'll say is that a lot of times the editors of the show, they'll try to give you like a little piece of information so that in the next episode or next couple episodes, they can point to that downfall. And one thing they mentioned, and they kind of ominously hinted at at the end, was the fact that they cooked and ate inside of their shelter. And they showed some comments about bears smelling the food and stuff like that. So I just wonder if that was a little hint from the ed uh, editors on what's to come. Maybe they do have a lot more predators um, around their area. But outside of that, that's me reaching for something as far as what, what could be a hindrance to them. Yeah. I <clears throat> So last time we did this, I said that I felt Team Baird would be the first to go out and I'm very torn right now. The, you know, on one hand, I like the, the mental toughness from, from Jim, like we just talked about, he cut his thumb and just never seemed to be in question. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't a talk about it. There wasn't a big deal made. It was just something that happened and he kept on, you know, doing his thing. So I like that. However, I, I'm still worried. They still haven't eaten much. Yeah. You know, they, they just haven't eaten. And they're, you know, I, I keep saying it, they're big guys. And on the other hand, Brockstorf. I mean, those are definitely my three and four uh, as of right now. And Brockstorf for the main reason of the axe, but they're catching fish. And the weather's not here yet. But they still got to be able to cook those fish. You know, so hopefully, you know, I don't know how much firewood the, the dad got uh, cut up when, when Sam was hiking, but you know, based on his shelter and other things that he did, I'd say probably not much. Um, so I, I still, that's becoming a nagging thing for me. That acts as I just keep thinking of all the things that, you know, that they're going to need mainly firewood, but even just, you know, they, a, a lot of guys, I remember in the past would use that ax to help build a better shelter. You know, yeah. they take those long sticks and they kind of cut the, you know, cut the smaller limbs off the edge of them and kind of, you know, trim it down. And they can't even do that. Like, sure, they can use their knife. But once again, there's just so many things that the ax would be used for. You know, if I have to pick, I'm going to stick with Baird. I think food being the, the ultimate factor, I would put um, Brockstorf in three. And then Wilkes. And my thought behind that is, you're right we haven't seen them however i assume that if things are going poorly we would have seen them. it's true in those days you know now you know this is television and the power of editing and <clears throat> you know whatever but that's just kind of my initial thought on it is if if something bad was going on or something drastic we would have seen them you know maybe it's just been kind of all quiet on the home front over there. You know, they're, they're getting enough for the time being and they're just kind of building up the shelter. And, and it also kind of tells me that maybe there's a lot more of them that can come in the future. Yeah. Could Since be. we haven't seen them pretty much for two episodes, you know, maybe, maybe they're one of the final couple that we're going to, you know, kind of get to see quite a bit of, but that kind of goes opposite with, uh, you know, they've been showing team Whipple quite a bit, uh, and I feel like they're very strong as well. So, yeah, we both agree at this point that I think Team Whipple is uh, is also the, the best off. Yeah, it seemed to be. There seems to be a lot of love for Team Whipple, even throughout Twitter. Uh, you know, whenever I search the hashtag alone show, 
um, just everybody loving, especially her name's Don, is it? No, Brooke. Brooke. Um, yeah, everybody loves her shelter and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're both. I mean, both of them. I mean, they're just both so likable. Yeah. Yep. But, yep. but I mean, you know, it, it maybe even more so Brooke. Like, what can what's not to like about her? Like she was there. She held it down, man. Yeah. Like yep, never complained, and she, you know, never complained. She's always just talking about him and hoping he gets there, and and she's just doing it. like every day. She just seemed busy. Like she just seems to be one of those people. She's a busybody. You know, she gets up and she's always got something to do and something going on and. You know, and so far they de- they've definitely been lucky with uh, finding the net and finding the uh, the duck. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is it? We, that should be our next prediction. What what she what is she going to find next? <laughs> Hopefully, like a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, you gotta start doing aerial assaults of animals. <laughs> if it was us, we'd find like an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's uh, that's it as far as uh, recap this episode. Yeah, man, I think so. Uh, like you said, we didn't have much. You know, we we found some things to talk about in the beginning with the UFC and and uh, with not not a whole lot going on there. But but alone, still going on. And tomorrow night, man, tomorrow night it's on again. Can't wait. Yeah, as much I'll of a. Typical, you know, I'm gonna record it for like the first half of the show, so I don't have to watch the commercials. <laughs> and fast forward and and watch it all at once. Dude, our kids are not even gonna know what commercials are. You know, by, by know. the time that they're 20 or whatever. Actually, I just seen somebody post on Facebook. They said uh, they finally got like DirecTV. They've always they've just lived off of Netflix and Hulu and all of that. And they have like a three-year-old. And now, whenever commercials comes on, the three-year-old starts crying because she thinks somebody changed the channel. <laughs> like <laughs> they just don't even have a concept of commercials. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Elena. My daughter, she tells me all the time to fast forward live TV. <laughs> yeah. Like she's just like fast forward, fast forward. And I'm like, I can't, right. I can't. I, you know, that's not how it works. And, or now my kids, they confuse what live TV. Like if I'm watching a sporting event, they're like, "Is this live?" And it, like I have to ask them more questions on whether or not. Do you mean are we fast forward all the way, or do you mean if it's like a live event? Like, yeah, it's a live <laughs> event, but it's also recording. Never mind, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, go play on your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's it, man. Any uh, any closing comments? I always feel like I put you on the spot whenever I say that. Any closing comments, Becker? <laughs> yeah. And, uh... I never have anything. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) All right, man. With that, we'll see you guys next time.